Originating from opposite corners of Gitmo Nation. <laughs> I screwed it up already. <laughs> this, this is No Agenda with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation East in the southwest part of London in the Curry Terrace. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak here in northern Silicon Valley where it's wet and rainy, and uh, this is the Gitmo Nation. Yo, yo, yo. So you were sleepy this morning. We were just talking about that before we started. Hard to get it's up. It's pouring. Yeah. It's pouring. It's pouring. It's not nice here either, but it's it's just like British weather, you know? It's not rainy. Yeah, it's just no. kind of gray. Yeah, well, we need the rain, and so it's, and we we're just going to take a while to catch up. But these poor people, anybody who went up to Lake Tahoe, which is what everybody in the Bay Area tends to do on these three-day weekends, we have a three-day weekend here, meaning it's a holiday on Monday. It's a President's Day. Yeah, which is in between Washington's birthday, which used to be a holiday, and Lincoln's birthday, which which used to be a holiday, which was actually last thir- uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. or no, Friday, and um, they stopped doing those because uh, you know they're trying to. Make more keep, generic. There used to also working. be a Labor Day. I mean, the Armistice Day is gone. They they keep changing these things. So these holidays are bogus. It's um, it's com- just a commercial thing, isn't it? Kind of like Valentine's Day. No, because there's no connection to uh, commerce, except for all the President's Day sales. Oh yeah, there's a lot of President's Day sales, <laughs> yeah. which last well three weeks beyond President's Day. The President's Day sale is on. Yeah, that means Macy's open. Yeah. You know, the holidays means, you know, nothing's closed. I mean, usually a holiday, the retail stores should be closed, technically. And, uh, but no. Anyway. So, uh, holiday. <clears throat> so, what's going on, John? Uh, besides the, the storm, not much. We know a couple of things we forgot to talk about last week, including Darwin Day. We kind of missed the boat on that. I had, uh, <clears throat> I I had been on my blog. I tend to uh, do uh, some uh, a post every so often on creationism and how it's trying to make inroads into the school system. And I'm, I'm fascinated by the Discovery Institute, which is up in Seattle, which is behind most of this, by the way. Uh, almost everything that goes on today that has to do with. Uh, teaching creationism in the school or intelligent design or anything like that is financed or funded or supported or somehow there's a a connection to the Discovery Institute. The irony to that is that one of the high-tech gurus, uh, George Gilder, who, by the way, is worshipped by John Doerr, um, (laughs) is a creationist nutball. (laughs) And he's the one that's funding a lot of this, almost with you know. Now, are these funny. the people that are doing the atlas? The atlas of uh... no, no, the <clears throat> that's an independent guy. That guy's out of Turkey, okay. and he's. I'm sure there's no connection because I haven't seen any indication that the Discovery Institute is selling this. And I believe at some point there's going to be these battling creationists, <laughs> with each with their own uh, personal agenda of how it came down. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the guy that the guy with that book, when we have to get a copy. Uh, is a different guy. Yeah, He's this, on his own. This is the uh, just trip. so people know. This is the atlas. What is it called exactly? Is it the atlas of creation or I don't remember it, it now. But it's it's apparently a stunningly beautiful book with really you know multicolored, high quality pictures. And they sent them to uh, uh, all kinds of different people, still celebrities, schools, universities. They're floating around. We need uh, yeah. two copies. 
we need to get a couple copies. Yeah. And maybe if anybody out there knows anything, they can help us. So uh, there's that. So anyway, so I was reading on the uh, uh, the web various creationist sites looking for something interesting, and uh, they were whoa, they were moaning and groaning about Darwin Day and how it was a 200th. I didn't know anything about Darwin Day. It was it was the, actually pretty big over here. There was in fact um, the well, same, Darwin's it wasn't Darwin British. Yes, and the same day he uh, the same day the Queen relaunched her website, Prince Philip was actually performing his uh, royal duties, and he was celebrating Darwin Day. <laughs> <laughs> Prince Philip performing his, his royal duties. His royal duties. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Darwin Day. No, but they had a lot of coverage, uh, BBC. You know, they, they always had these beautiful documentaries, and apparently the... You know, there's um, the tortoise, the uh, this crazy ass, humongous land tortoise that lives on the Galapagos Islands, which of course is you know where, where Darwin studied all these creatures, is almost extinct. And so, you know, they'd had a lot of uh, a lot of news stories, but also full length documentaries. It was pretty good. It was fun to watch. Well, we didn't get any of that. Um, that I <laughs> of course tell. not. You, you got you, instead. You got a a foundation about creationism. Yeah. Actually, we didn't get much of anything one way or the other. I think the thing was essentially just a dud. Oh, okay. Well, uh, big over here, but of course these guys, you know, the, the BBC schedules this years in advance. You know, it's like, oh, it's Darwin's birthday. Ah, we've got to get ready. Of course, in the States, the coverage probably was uh, Lincoln's 200th birthday. Now that right. uh, it seems like um, – can, can you turn the speaker down just a tad, John? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, now that it seems, or, what? or headphones, <laughs> here's another concept, headphones, it's, you know, it's, it's very typical in radio. You couldn't even I use headphones when I do a lot of stuff, but when I do this show with you, I don't like them. Well, that just makes no I sense. Do, I don't, I don't use them with Leo either because I'm, I'm look either looking at notes or I'm, 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 I'm flailing about so much that the headphones would be knocking, or the, the wire to the headphones would be knocking stuff over. Hmm. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um, I mean, if I, when I reorganize this this little studio, I'll I'll be able to do it, but I can't right, now. Right. So it 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 appears to me that um, you know the, the there's a huge push to connect Obama to Lincoln. Oh yeah, and of course there's, well, all, there's already some, doing it. The, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, there's already some some obvious similarities. Illinois being one. Um, but uh, no, no. That's that is the similarity. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's interesting times during Lincoln's uh, Lincoln's. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not as I mean, they're no. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I think you, you summarized yeah. it with one thing. All right. So why don't why don't we get to the news that? And, and in fact, and I, I believe that Lincoln was born in Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. That, that's he was or was not. I think he was, and I think uh, Obama was born in Kenya. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, so funny. So the big, uh, the big news that's been circling around is, of course, um, the Continental crash, flight 3407 from Newark to Buffalo. Yeah, and I'm surprised you didn't blog this. And now it's everywhere. You know, this happened a couple of days ago. Almost immediately, the news was out that the uh, um, one of the widows of a victim of 9/11, who was who really several documentaries have been made about her, um, who really pushed Congress and uh, and everyone really to uh, 
you know, to follow up on what happened. Uh, right. And well, so they shut her up. Well, so that's obviously the big question. <laughs> is, is, that, is that even possible? The whole, you know, you know me, I love, uh, I love air crashes because you learn so much from them. And this is a really weird one, John. You know, the, and they're actually pretty rare. Air crashes in general, statistically. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's 30,000 flights a day. Yeah. Yeah, no, so it's, uh, of course they're very, but, th- but this one is an interesting one uh, because there were icing conditions, yet absolutely no reason for this plane to come down um, in basically a stall and just fall flat, which is, you know, this is the data they're giving us. But the things that are really confusing to me is that the plane was actually pointing in the opposite direction of uh, the way it was going before it, before it landed, before it crash landed. So it, it turned somehow. And, and it landed flat. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of weird. And you know, so they're saying, well, it sounds like there was ice buildup. But, you know, the, that, the anti-icing systems are pretty good. You know, and, it, and it's all automatic and it's not uh, not prone to any type of failure. I mean, you know, now they're saying that from the, from the, uh, the data recorders that the plane did or they can't. They haven't said yet that it entered into a stall, but they did say the stick shaker um, activated. Which is uh, basically the the controls giving you a warning that you're entering a stall, which means you're not flying fast enough. I don't know. That's uh, and there were twenty three hundred feet, and you know they fell flat, so they didn't go down in like a nosedive. So if it was a stall, I wonder how how fast would it? What is the uh, certainly Newton's law comes into play here? If you're flying at two thousand three hundred feet, how long will it take you to get to zero feet? I don't know. Just the speed of gravity. I mean, yeah. there's a calculation for it. That's what I was looking for. You don't know? <clears throat> no. Anyone in the chat room know? Because they they Somebody were they were know. gone. They say they were gone in 30 seconds. That's a. So it took them 30 seconds to drop that far and hit flat. That's according to the official information. Yeah. Sounds about right. <clears throat> Could be. So you know now they're saying well maybe the flaps uh, uh, deployed unevenly. Uh, that none of that sounds really, really super plausible. So I don't know. Maybe they hit birds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perhaps frozen chickens. Well, the, the, you know, so here you want to hear the theory about this because I, I think it's pretty, I, I like it. I think it's a pretty good one. All right. So, Why not? Okay, so so we have to go back two days be- or a day before this crash to the uh, actually a couple days to the satellite collision. Yes. By the way, I did blog that because a, a couple two or three days later after the satellite collision, which by the way was a dead satellite, so well, I don't know how anyone well, knows it. Hold on a second. Well, let me let me just give you my story. Then you can you can pound. You then can I can I it. can tell you the truth. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> and, go ahead. So, uh, so I'm thinking to set. There's a satellite collision of these, you know, one old clunker, and I got. I don't know what the other satellite was, but then about three days later, a bunch of people. I see them before Congress or somebody starting to make a fuss. We need more money for these programs so we don't have these collisions all the time. There's never been one. I okay. Think the whole thing was a fake. All right. So the satellite collision, uh, if you would. Delved in a little bit closer. It's kind of important. So it is U.S. officials who were saying it was a defunct Russian satellite. Now, <laughs> right. Okay. So let's just presume maybe it wasn't a defunct Russian satellite. 
The satellite that it collided with was one of the 65 low-Earth orbiting satellites from the Iridium Corporation. And Iridium, you'll remember, in the 90s, it was very exciting because here was this company who said, oh, you know, we've got it, we're going to, we have, we'll have this, this belt of satellites surrounding the Earth, and you'll only need one phone, and uh, when, you know, when you're, when you're on the ground, it'll connect to a ground station, and eventually it'll connect to your home network, and wherever else you are, it'll connect through the satellites, and everyone's like, yeah, that's a cool idea, until, of course, the phone showed up, and the antennas were basically sample, sample soup cans on a stick, which is the, the you know the ugliest um, devices you've ever seen? Completely just you know great if you're in the desert, but that's about it. So these guys ran into all kinds of trouble. They were bought and sold, and now this entire thing is like eighty nine percent Department of Defense. And by the way, it was Motorola that put those up, and they have never been the same since. So on the board of directors of Iridium, just as a little joke, Tom Ridge. You know, just to give you, just to give an idea, he former U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security. Um, the, the whole thing is it's it's completely the Department of Defense. You know, the whole thing is just just go to the website Iridium. All right, all right, get back to okay. the story. So seven times in the past ten years, Iridium has actually taken evasive action to avoid debris uh, or perhaps other satellites in the uh, in orbit. And this time they didn't. So the theory goes that uh, it was a Russian spy satellite, and they were spying uh, presumably over Korea. I'm not quite sure. I, you know, I don't know why that's important to the story of Korea. You know, whatever that has to do with it. But they were spying, and so the uh, DOD decided to take that satellite out. Now, because of that, the Russians, who normally monitor electronic magnetic pulse frequencies uh, could only detect but faintly the EMP pulse that came just before the plane crashed. So they're saying that uh, Continental 3407 was brought down by uh, uh, electromagnetic pulse weapon. Which is oh, which is brother. which is pretty easy to make, by the way. It's, you know, it just oh, dis- yeah. it just disables yeah. uh, just disables no the electronics. Yeah, no, you can you can buy them online. Yeah, that that's what it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I can't think of anything else that would bring a plane down, just dropping out of the sky, except for stalling it, perhaps. And you know, I don't know. The snow just doesn't seem that one hundred percent likely with the data that's given. So I like, seems like a lot of work to get rid of that one woman. Oh no, no, was... I'm, I'm I'm just saying the two are connected. This the spy satellite was that was for something else. That was for they just didn't want the Russians spying yeah, or whatever this, they were spying on. To, this story needs work. It's two separate stories, John. First of all, yeah. the satellite was taken out, and, it, and I, I don't believe it was defunct. Who says it was defunct? The Russians haven't said it was defunct. I'm just saying that the news guys did. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I agree. The news guys said it, man. Well, they're never wrong. Yeah, of course not. So it must be true. So, you know, the news guys, I saw this in, uh, in, in Wired. This year, the Pentagon will employ, uh, did you see the story? 27,000 people in public relations and advertising. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, verbatim. 27,000? This year, the Pentagon will employ 27,000 people for recruitment, advertising, and public relations. 
That's from the Associated oh, Press investigation. I think this. I think this. This is a. a um, yeah, that's the I, Department of Truth, is what it is. I think this is a uh, a mistake the way it's presented. What they're probably referring to is what. The, if you read read that read it again, what were the three things? Recruitment number one. Let, let, let me re- and public relations. If they have, you know, these recruiting stations that they have everywhere are manned by about ten people. Yeah, but that's also PR, have- John. That's local. That's local yeah, level no, I'm PR. That is PR, yeah. but it's not the same as them having a bunch of, you know, PR stooges that are cranking out press releases or, you know, giving speeches to the uh, Kiwanis Club. Right, but it, but but wouldn't Pepsi Cola kill to have that type of force out there doing buzz marketing? I think they're probably if, if you're gonna if you're going to uh, count everybody who does anything that has anything to do with marketing with and Pepsi, I think there's probably exactly that many or more. Right, that would make sense. But at least they're selling something healthy. <laughs> well, you know, it's the only thought, job you can get nowadays. I just yeah, well, no kidding. They're getting you know they they were having all these trouble recruiting people. To, you know, like a year and a half ago, you know, Bush's people. Oh no, nobody wants to go to Iraq. They're not getting any having any problems now. No, well, they're all staffed up, right? There's, they can hardly even take new people on. Yeah, and if you're looking for a job in the sector that's uh, in the um, that's not governmental, you can uh, now go to Z. Surely you've heard of the company Z. No, I never heard of the company Z. Spelled capital X, lowercase e, Z. Oh, pronounce the no. name like a letter Z. I'm sorry, I'm, we're pronouncing it wrong. You pronounce it like the letter Z. That is the new... Oh, so it's Z, it's not Z. Z. Yeah, right. Well, I'm just reading it now, okay? Or XZ. Z. Z. It, that is the new name, the rebranding for Blackwater. What is that supposed to mean? It <laughs> doesn't what say. What was wrong with Blackwater? Uh, I th- <laughs> at least we could identify him, right? Come on, man, that's code. How cool is that to have a company like Blackwater? Hey, man, just pronounce it like Z. You know, like Q. And it's X-E? X, yeah, capital X, under uh, lowercase e. But it says the parent's company new name is pronounced like the letter Z. Yeah, brother. <laughs> but, of course, this was just the, all a part of their plan uh, for their company. They always intended to change the name. It has nothing to do with the fact that everyone knows Blackwater is just bad mojo. <laughs> Blackwater. Yeah, I can see the board meeting. Who named us Blackwater anyway? What was the point? <laughs> can we come up with something a little more modern than that? Oh, man. And it turns out that XE has got to be like some horrible god from, you know, of course, Of course it will. Of course. Of course it's some new world order. controversy. And they're going to say we have another board meeting. Who came up with this idea? <laughs> Uh, totally. Oh, man, we so missed it. It's, it came out on, uh, I think, Sunday last week. So we, we did the show on Sunday, uh, Saturday, right? Yeah. Uh, the Sun, which, of course, highly reputable newspaper. Um, so they had this story that Vladimir Putin had uh, had paid like 20,000 pounds uh, for an ABBA tribute act to fly to you know to, to one of his parties in Russia, and then they say the guy's you know basically the the final nail in the coffin of outing him because well this just this this just proves yeah, he's it. He's outing gay. him as an ABBA fan, you mean? Uh, then, <laughs> outing him as 
extremely gay, and they show all those pictures of him with the shaved chest and you know riding a horse and <laughs> that's fantastic. Those guys have no shame. <laughs> the sun. Uh, well, you know, there you good. have uh, Rupert Murdoch. And, yeah, well, exactly, uh, exactly, exactly. That would make so much sense. So you watch C-SPAN this week? Because I've watched so much. It's no. Been, it's been so fun, really. No, I caught a few interesting things on different other kinds of shows that are worth discussing. Yeah, what you, would you see? Well, one of the things is, uh, and this is pretty obscure, but I'm going to get the document. Uh, one of the... Uh, one of the members of the Federal Reserve, one of the bank members, uh, wrote a paper tracing the the uh, the real crux of the economic condition to the bankruptcy reform law, which I believe was put through in 2005. Mm-hmm. And this is the one where they uh, they changed the bankruptcy law. It's called, it's, by the way, it was called a consumer protection. <laughs> <laughs> How oh, fantastic! They tightened up the bankruptcy laws, so when you, so you, it would be harder to to go bankrupt, and more importantly, if you had credit card debt, you you still had to pay it, even if you're bankrupt. Yeah, right. And this was obviously done on the behalf of the big banks that were, you know, screwing the public, hmm. and um, so it created, which of course ended up screwing them, which is the irony. But it created a uh, kind of a, a messed up way people people were literally you know dumping their houses on the market to to pay their credit card debts uh, and other anomalies which you know the, it's a very delicate you know markets are very delicate and you, you start you do some stupid pass some stupid law and it screws up the market it it could take decades before it can adjust to the new conditions mm. and uh, it was anyway it's a very interesting theory. There was a different theory on uh, CNBC. They had, uh, what was it called, House of Cards? You didn't happen to catch that, did you? I think I may have seen it. That's been a, a show. They've had that on a couple of times. Yeah, it was good. Um, and they took it back to actually to September 11th, 2001, saying, uh, after a little bit of preamble about how American citizens actually aren't citizens, but they're consumers, and they're treated as such, and they're called by name as consumers. We call ourselves consumers, in fact. So they traced it back to the shock of September 11th, 2001. The president then saying, get back to work, continue shopping. Um, and that, uh, of course, Wall Street was hit uh, as well, severely, and, and literally and figuratively, on September 11th. And that's when um, Greenspan started lowering the interest rates significantly, and, and the deregulation came into play, et cetera. And then this, you know, this snuck in there, which is nice. But they were taking a little bit further back to um, basically mass mind control of back to shopping. You know, let's lo- let's make money easy, cheap, available, get a house. You know, which I think is pretty fair. I don't know. I think the whole thing is uh, there's something uh, amiss. I noticed that I was listening to or watching Democracy Now!, which is a left-wing progressive uh, news show that shows up on Free Speech TV and Link and a couple other things on the Dish Network. And this is the thing with Amy Goodman, that very dour you know, announcer who tries to kind of announce like Walter Cronkite once did mm-hmm. with a kind of that, you know, that old-fashioned style. And... Uh, 
and it's got it, it was very interesting because they uh they were like this other thing. I don't know if you ever saw the grit TV thing I gave you, but uh it's very similar to that only no, the I woman on grit TV. Yeah, you should watch it because the woman who runs Laura Flanders, I think's her name. She is the host of that. She's a slight. She has a slight British. It's almost like a um, Stewie Griffin kind of a <laughs> of a voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's kind of attractive in a in a in a in a in a milfy way. You might find that interesting. <sighs> and um, but she. I don't think she's only smiled. I think twice in five years. I know exactly what you're talking about. She's not that milfy. She's okay. No, she, no, no, no. Maybe for you, you're 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 on the upper I'm not a upper milf, end. Of, a milf. I'm not. A you milf. are a total milf seeker. <laughs> a milf seeker. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Milf, milf. So uh, I didn't even know what the word meant until I met you. Uh-huh. Anyway, so sure. um, <laughs> it's a fact. So anyway. Uh, Unlike that show, which is really more of a discussion, Amy uh, Goodman is, uh, you know, she tries to be a real news show, but they have these extended interviews. And they had a couple of guys on that were, they try to do like a kind of a crackpot Republican if they can find one and a a Democrat who's reasonable. But in this case, they had two, I couldn't tell what their political position was. And I was kind of shocked to listen to these two guys. Because they were just leveling Obama with all kinds of accusations, which I was not expecting to see on this show. Because this was one of the shows that would, you know, promoted both Obama. sides. Both sides were doing that. Yeah. Oh boy. And what was interesting was they uh, there was there's this, there's an underlying kind of a theme as they do it is as if Obama could do something other than what he's doing, which is bailing the bankers out instead of bailing out the homeowners, which is essentially the theme. And, you know, it's like the same old, same old, you know, let's, you know, we don't need what one guy called an extractive uh, group of people. In other words, people that just take wealth out of the economy, the bankers. Right. And then they also said, which, by the way, we did get a note that somebody criticized us for making some not knowing that the Federal Reserve buys and sells um, treasury bonds because that's they actually run the whole system and i don't know what we were thinking but well i'm still confused about that i mean you i don't know if you want to get into it because it's very no we'll talk about it seems like a technical thing but no they buy that's what they do they buy and sell treasury bonds they do just some part of their giant scheme to manipulate the economy as as long as that as long as that's the ultimate reason i'm satisfied i don't need to know how it works as long as i know they're doing it to manipulate us so um, anyway, the uh, they're both going on and on about how the banks are in – both of them kind of said this, which is what one of our complainers told us, is that the banks are insolvent. They're, and, and, one, and the term was used – I'll make it – maybe I can get a, a copy of the um, audio track. We can play it next week. And, and they're, they're, these are referred to as zombie banks, mm-hmm. which are banks that have uh, – Well, they're all zombies then. Minus assets. And to be giving them money is ridiculous because it just doesn't. There's not going to ever come back because there's. No, it just goes into it's a black hole. Well, I I totally. Are you done with it? Because I I, I want to agree with this and I want to tell you why. Is, was there more to okay, the story? Okay, well let me just finish up then. Anyway, so the, everybody seems to agree that the bank should be nationalized or closed. And he's and one one of the two guys, 
mentioned that that's what the FDIC does for a living. Yeah. They grab these banks and then they close them up and then they reorganize them, them yep. and they the, the, the shareholders are screwed and then they re put the bank back in business. And why don't they do And they said there's no reason you can't do it with a big bank like Citibank, which right. apparently is a zombie bank that's broken. Giving them all this money, just throwing money away for guys. And, and in fact, then oh, this is the, the clip that I, I wanted to, I, I would have to get. The guy makes both of these guys make mention of the fact that AI. You have to look into this. AIG is like under indictment in Great Britain for being a fraud. Yes, that's correct. And meanwhile, and they said the only reason the British did it is because the FBI nobody would act against these guys. And these yeah, are the same guys after they gave them a bunch of billions. They went off and spent it in these resorts, yeah. you know, started <laughs> living it up. If that doesn't, if that's not a giveaway. When some, when you give some guy who's, who's who apparently is starving to death or is like you know going to go yeah, out and he of goes business, on vacation, money. And the first thing he does is go on vacation. Is this a sign that maybe something's amiss? Yeah, but, you know, people get really pissed off when they give a guy a quarter and he goes and he goes and buys a pack of cigarettes. Then we're then we're like fuck these guys, man. Fuck you on the street. Sorry, I I didn't mean to use that. But uh, you know, you give away billions to bankers who are clearly just putting it into their yachts, and everyone's like, oh yeah, whatever. What's next? But but I think that John, it, it's it's much clearer than that. I mean, the reason why they're not, you know, why Geithner, our Treasury Secretary, does not come out with a plan to, and this is what people keep talking about: the toxic assets. You know, the 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 bad bank concept. The reason why they're not doing it and why they're just stalling, and I, and I have no idea what, the, what they're going to do, but they, they, they cannot show what is actually out there because even in just Britain, Britain alone, it was in the Financial Times on Friday, they believe that the just the credit default swap that are out there would equal about $30 trillion just in Britain. So this thing has got to be so big if you look at you know, J.P. Morgan and uh, Citibank, uh, Bank of America. It's um, it may be a hundred trillion dollars. Maybe it could yeah. be a quadrillion dollars, which it is a thousand be, trillion. It's like academic if you just bankrupt all these banks and, and let the FDIC sort it out. But that's not that's exactly the opposite of to what they're doing. What they're doing is they're saying, well, we'll guarantee a part of the assets. And there's all this all this bullshit. But at the yeah, end of the day, save these guys so they can keep those yachts. Well, what I've heard every <laughs> what I've heard every single politician say at some point in time is there would be. So they talk about, you know, the, and I'm, I'm, I'm still looking for someone to actually say what the alternative is. You know, if if we don't pass this stimulus bill, well, the alternative is much worse, of course. No one will ever really say what that alternative is. Um, I lost my train of thought. Aha. Fuck me. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the point is, is that they're, they're just not saying. This is what Japan did. Japan never got rid of. You were going of, on and on about how there's going to be 30 quadrillion dollars. Not 30 really quadrillion. It could be a quadrillion easily. Because it, this started in the 80s, man, all this this swap stuff. And the CD, CDS is just one. You have a CDO. You have the um, the synthetic CDOs. This, which is basically fake money made out of fake money, which is just incredible. It, it's it's so big that they all would be bankrupt overnight. They would it would everyone would know they'd be solvent. And I believe this is exactly what Japan did. They never never dealt with the toxic assets. Well, they did over time, over twenty years almost, to bring that economy and back up. Trouble. And they're and they're, they're absolutely in trouble. 
So this is just protectionism. And look, please look at look at the people Obama has put on the case. Just look at them. They're all Bush and Clinton insiders going back as Stooges. far. Well, they're, they're they're all connected to Goldman Sachs. They're all connected to the Council on Foreign Relations, which we just kind of brush off every single time. But it's not like that's a government governmental organization. It's like it's a club, and they're all in it, and we're not. Well, it goes on in that club. I believe what goes on in that club as you know, part of the trilateral commission. Oh, here we go. Is strategy is made on how to help the bankers take over the world. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Every single politician I've heard speak, any top politician recently, has always connected a global financial meltdown to an end of the you know a political meltdown. They say, oh well, you know. If 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 all of this goes, if the if the financial world melts down, that it'll ruin not just all economies but all all political structure. And I find that interesting because that doesn't have to be the case unless they're intricately connected, which of course they are. Whatever the case, so they just they just it's just to to build more power for themselves. You don't think they have enough? No, of course not. Well, we need the smart grid. <laughs> so we can control your washing machine. I don't know. I find that these science fiction uh, scenarios, you know, where you have the, like in Star Wars, where you have that giant council, you know, with a million. Starfleet Command. Whatever. Well, yeah, John, yeah. but, you know, look, 25 years ago, it, it, it would be total science fiction to say, hey, one day people will be walking down the street and they'll just have a little thing on their ear, and they'll be talking to someone completely on the other side of the world, which is exactly what mobile phones and Bluetooth headsets are. So to say that you know that sounds like science fiction, I don't know. Stuff is moving pretty fast. Wouldn't you so, say? So, uh, well, that's depressing. I'd still like to know what goes on at the Council of Foreign Relations. They have lots I think of. It's just a drinking club. It is. It's a. Um, but I've actually, ever since I found out that Aaron Burnett, yeah. Is a, <laughs> well, it's it's a Brzezinski drinking club. That's what it is. That's where those guys lay down the strategy and they tell everyone what to do. And I'm okay, sure. Okay, now what's the what's the Brzezinski book you think everyone should read because it actually lays out the entire plan for world domination. Oh. And knowing that Brzezinski, of course, is Obama's guy. He's the one who put Obama in there. What was that book again? I haven't unpacked all of my books yet, so I, I can't like grab it. Uh, the right, Grand Chessboard. The Grand the Grand Chessboard. Is that what it is? Yeah, he lays it out. He he lays all of this stuff out, and and the way to create the one world government is by collapsing the financial system. And we're very close to that. The G seven meeting in or uh, I guess they've they've met now in Rome for the past three four days, basically saying, well. I think we have to move this on to the G20. We can't do it all alone. It has to be the 20 biggest powerhouses in the world. So they're just drawing more and more countries in. And every everyone's talking about a global economic system, and we all have to do it together and kumbaya. And, that, you know, maybe we'll create one big world bad bank and throw all so of So in other words, in what you're saying, if you start to really look this over from a global perspective, what you're kind of saying is that if it wasn't for China, we'd be screwed. <laughs> Think about that for a while. Yeah. They're not joining in this deal. Well, of course not. They're just waiting. And they got their own problems. 
XE so there's is always the, been uh, this group of internationalists, and I've, I've, I've always been amused by them. They have a lot of websites, and there's a, they're the slickest of all these crowds. And they're kind of, uh, you know, they're kind of, uh, they're all neoliberals, a uh, type of liberal that is hated by the progressives. And uh, they... Uh, they're, if you start digging, drilling down into their thought process, they want to, they do want one world government. They think that, you know, the United Nations, United Nations was largely a, uh, and the, the group before that, the League of Nations was, which sounds like a movie. Um, it has to do with the fact that every time that there, there was a world war, specifically World War One and World War Two, where these guys kind of came from, they felt it was so disruptive and crappy. That the only solution to world wars, and this is kind of, I thought, I think is actually kind of weirdly naive, uh, is to have a one world government. Then you don't have to worry because it's always these governments fighting each other, they think, yeah. with these wars. But in fact, it's mostly internecine things, you know, little, little, you know, people. But this is, keep, this is no secret, John. They write about this in, in all of their documents. This is, this is exactly what the, the neocons have always been working on. Now, these aren't the neocons. These are the neoliberals. Same, same boat. No, but most of the neo, very few of the neocons. In fact, most of the conservatives they hate the United Nations. They hate. They want to. They want to basically close off. The, you, they, it, it, in the worst case scenario, they want to be isolationists and get out of this world bullshit. It's not the case at all. The Council on Foreign Relations is an independent, nonpartisan membership organization, think tank, and publisher dedicated to being a resource for its members, government officials, business executives, journalists, educators, and students, civic and religious leaders, and other interested citizens in order to help them better understand the world and the foreign policy choices facing the United States and other countries. Founded by David Rockefeller, by the way. Think yeah. tank. Well, you know enough, don't you? And they're all a member of it. Clinton, Obama, Bush, Aaron Burnett. Oh, uh, uh, that hurts so much. <laughs> Burnett. <laughs> they're like, uh, yeah. I wonder who else at CNBC is a member of this club. Oh, we can just look. How do you get in the club? Uh, I think you become a, you're probably uh, invited. Or you're yeah, no, I realize that. But what what's the criteria, do you think? Well, membership. I've never been invited. Well, hold on. Membership. <laughs> you can have a corporate membership. Oh, how convenient. A life membership. It's it's kind of like the Universal Life Church. You can get a a bishopship from the Council of Foreign Relations. You can? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> like, uh, rules and regulations to bear in mind. The candidate's nom nominator, you have to be nominated, bears the chief responsibility for seeing to it that filing deadlines, blah, 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 blah. You have to be a United States citizen or permanent resident. A member who has a spouse, close relatives, uh, not important. Hmm. So it's a nomination thing. So well, maybe Aaron, so you get Aaron nominated can nominate and, me. and approved. Yeah. I wonder what the approval process is. Is there vetoes, or is there one or two guys that say no? I think you have to uh, lay down in a coffin and then uh, talk about the most <laughs> embarrassing moment you've ever had. Oh, I'm sorry, that's skull and bones. I I get confused. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> I get confused from time to time. So our leader is going to be uh, signing the stimulus package uh, for, in Denver. 
Hey, wait a minute, wait, you, wait a minute. He's signing it already? Because I was under the impression that one of his goals that when he became president was to make sure that the public got a good look at all this stuff before it passed. Well, it's very interesting you mentioned that, John, because not only that, but uh, they passed a, uh, a quickie law there in the Senate, and let me see if I can find it. Yeah, here it is. Uh, resolution from the House on February 10th that uh, the House would, that there would be a 48-hour period to review the stimulus package before there was a vote. And, of course, uh, there wasn't. I mean, by now, you've probably seen the YouTube clip of, uh, in fact, I think it's the uh, Republican, mm, I actually have it here. This kind of if you haven't if you haven't seen this is well worth it to listen to because it just shows you how these how these bills are rammed through and he has this it's a thousand it's like oh, that, that wasn't here enough here we are with eleven hundred pages eleven hundred pages not not one member of this body has read <laughs> not one there may be some staffer over in the appropriations committee that read all of this last night. I don't know how you could read 1,100 pages between midnight uh, and now. Not one member's read this. What happened to the promise that we're going to let the American people see what's in this bill for 48 hours? But nope, we don't have time to do that. So they actually they, they passed a resolution that it would be available for 48 hours, and then they just they even ignored that. And they just went ahead and voted on it, and so now it is up online uh, I've, of course, downloaded it. It's about, uh, it was like 30 or 40 megs. <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's unbelievably huge. But have you seen it? Have you seen it with all the notes on it, the scribbles, and then they just no, have... No, I haven't seen them. Oh, man, it's... it's Send me a copy. It's, please, I don't think so. Go to readthestimulus.org, and you can download it yourself. It's readthestimulus.org. Read um, I, I did pick up a couple of things. You have to be a lawyer to read this because... By the way, uh, let me just mention a point of irony here. Uh, the Republicans moaning and groaning about the fact that no one's read this thousand-page document because they're ramming it through uh, are the same people that ram through the Patriot Act. It's, the it's same exactly the same thing. Thank you for making the point. This is exactly what they do. This is exactly what they do. It's like, oh, every single day that we don't pass this, we have to do it immediately. We cannot wait. Uh, sign it now, quickly, quickly, quickly. Yeah, and then everything in, in this particular bill doesn't start until like a year from now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, lots of stuff doesn't start until 2010. So a couple of things that I pulled out. So the big thing everyone's talking about is Buy American. And so, I, you know, I think I just look at the, the headlines. Does that have to do with hookers? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's subsection H. <laughs> if it's done by the Democrats, there's got to be something in there for the hookers. But there is, a, but it, you know, this is the whole protectionism thing that everyone has been up in arms about. So in the final compromise uh, bill, it does say section 1605 by American. Uh, none of the funds appropriated or otherwise made available by this act may be used for a project for the construction, alteration, maintenance, or repair of public blah 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 blah. In the project, have to be produced in the United States. Uh, so that uh, goes for iron, steel, relevant manufactured goods. And they did put in one little little gotcha thingy. 
in the compromised version where they say Section 1605 provides for the use of American iron, iron steel and manufactured goods, except in certain instances, uh, is not intended to repeal by implication the president's authority under Title Three of the Trade Agreements Act. So I guess they put like some little thing in there that the president can say, oh, hold on, yeah, you know, you you need to buy foreign for this particular thing. So they try to kind of... You know, kind of well, get there's out a of lot it. of situations where the where the goods that were that are needed for a project are not aren't available. Made are here, not available, exactly, which makes it impossible to do the project. So you're going to plow through this whole thousand pages? Uh, yeah, I looked at a lot of it, uh, but I'm, I start with looking for relevant bits. So I thought the broadband stimulus might be interesting. I mean, does, if, does, does, does this come over the broad? Well, does this come over as a PDF? Yes. Uh, well, is, it, yeah, it's a PDF, but you can't search is it, it all. Searchable? Is most, it searchable? Most of it is searchable. But they have some photocopied pages that have just been inserted here and there. It's crazy. It's totally lame. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go to the photocopied pages. Yes. Well, there, there, there's lawyeries. I can't, I can't get through that. Of course, that's where the real tricks are. But I was just looking at the, the normal stuff. Broadband stimulus, I thought, hey, maybe we can get us uh, some money. Because there's $7 billion of it out there. And in fact, it says, you know, this should be a uh, grants will be made available to organizations and agencies that provide outreach, access, equipment and support and services to facilitate greater use of broadband service by. And here it comes. Low income, unemployed, aged and otherwise vulnerable populations. And I thought, hey, that's our entire producer base. That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, long long road to get to that. Where's the where's the we need a rim shot. Yeah, could you Um but it looks like that broadband stimulus it's only for nonprofits and you know it's not it's not for uh, yeah, we're not making any money. No, but I'm saying it's not for commercial companies. You can't participate in these 7 billion dollars unless you're a nonprofit and you know it's it's nothing. There's nothing there that we that we could use. Oh, can I just say something about uh, making money. A lot of people misconstrued what we were talking about last week. They think that we're now going to charge for this podcast somehow. Have you okay, gotten you any, know, no any flag? That note. No, I got I got you know, It's funny. Your your listeners, your fan base, really is is slightly different than mine. They're more nutty. Well, no, no. There, a lot of them are out there just waiting to trip me up and then slice my throat. Yeah, you have a lot of that too. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so, yeah, gotcha. That's it. They're all looking for gotchas. Yeah, they're all doing really important work in the uh, in society. Um, so, no, we're, we're not planning on No, what on we're going to do is going to be voluntary subscription. Yeah. Uh, $2 a month. It's the same thing Leo charges. You did, But if you, you don't want to pay because you're cheap or you think that, you know. <laughs> we, as, we, as we guilt you into it. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's just like if you don't want to pay because you can't afford it. Uh, or you're cheap, or you don't really like the show, or you don't feel obliged to support it because we're, you know, we want to avoid running ads. We're going to sell T-shirts every once in a while, and um, you can go. I, I set up the PayPal account so people can oh, subscribe on a, on a continuing basis at two bucks a month. It's not a, you know, I'd like to get uh, ten thousand people. Hell yeah, wouldn't that be nice? And we basically need it because when everything comes crashing down, we won't have any money either. No, it'll usually it usually gets stolen from you. Even if you have a lot of wealth, it can just get. I you know, just say, just you know, what do you do? Just take it away from you. Of course, it'll just, they just take it away. So, uh, yeah, no, actually, I've got this set up on dvorak.org/na. Oh, it's is it already up and working? 
Well, yeah, that is. I, I, I need to set up an unsubscribe thing, too, but Dvorak.org slash <laughs> No, you NA. don't. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dvorak.org slash, yeah. They send you the mail when they want to quit. Dvorak.org slash Wait a minute, wait a minute, you, wait a minute. You, you can't... Uh... You can opt out so if if you're doing two bucks a month, you can stop it midway. You can't. You, don't you have to complete your twelve month uh, sponsorship? You can set it up different ways. Well, how are we setting it up? We're setting it up as just a continuation. You start paying two bucks and you keep paying it forever. You could have it so it just expires in twelve months and then you can't opt out. Okay. I mean, there's all kinds of oh, ways. There's all kinds of ways it. you can do it. Okay. I mean, I may, I'll probably set up all the options, but I just set up the simple one here just to see what that looks like because I got a little piece of code you can put on curry.com. Mm-hmm. You set up a subdirectory NA, mm-hmm. curry.com slash NA, and you just put this little piece of, you know, this index.htm file in there and it'll forward, oh, cool. it, to the, cool. forward it to the uh, PayPal. Hey, XE, by the way, thanks to NetPierre in the chat room, is, the, uh, is from the periodic table, uh, the what is it? Uh, xenon. Symbol XE. Classification a noble gas. That's right. I knew that. Oh. I never thought about xenon. And xenon is used in those light bulbs that you find on BMWs, Mercedes, and some American cars that when they're behind you, it looks blue. <laughs> yeah. And it never quite focuses on anything. These right. are these xenon bulbs, you know, that, that replaced halogens on high-end cars. Mm-hmm. And they're very disturbing to see, and they kind of scramble your brain when they're behind <laughs> you. I think they should be illegal. Oh, those. Yeah, those. <laughs> Exactly how they ever got on the road is beyond me because they're almost the color of a blue uh, uh, police, you know, those when they have all the colorful lights, I forget, the light bar. There's a lot of blue in there. And uh, they're, they're the same, very similar color. They're horrible. And, I don't, and I've been in cars and driven cars that, that use them, and I don't see that they're any better than anything else, that they're so focused or anything. They kinda, and they blink, they kind of blink, and they're kind of awkward. I hate these things. They should be made illegal. They should be banned. I'm sure. And Xeon is obviously referring to the fact that these people are lighting the way to the future. Ah, there you go. A thousand points of light. It's a beautiful thing. Anyway, that's my guess. On on C-SPAN, I watched some of the banker hearings, which was quite fascinating. Anyone here have a private jet? Raise your hand. (laughs) So what? These guys are, like, focusing on crap like that. Who cares? Well, meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi has a 767 take her back to California every week. You know, you know no one ever talks about that. These guys, they... She does? Yes. Oh, yeah. So whose plane is it? Uh, U.S. Air Force. It's an Air Force plane. Uh, yeah, in fact, no. uh, there's a story back in, I think, 90... No, I'm sorry, 2005, or maybe it was 2007, a couple of years ago. Um, the Air Force uh, gave wanted to give her a jet that had to refuel halfway, <laughs> and then she said, "No, no, no! I, I want one that can go nonstop." And so then they got her a seven sixty seven. There was a little flap about it. There was some. Uh, she was defending it. It's just like it's stupid. It's so stupid. This is, but this is what the the public is being focused on. You know that and bonuses. Just not looking. Well, the thing is, is I mean, the bonuses thing is interesting because if you're giving somebody money and then they just immediately give it to themselves as a bonus for getting the money, I mean, it's kind of funny. But at the same time, I think these banks need to be shut down. 
These banks have always been crap. I mean, the you know they they set up shop and they started making all their money on credit cards. And then they started, you know, basically raping the public by getting the laws changed so that instead of ursary laws where you couldn't charge these ridiculous amounts of interest, you know, they charge 18 percent or more for, you know, somebody's little debt and to rack the bill up and break the person, break their customers. I mean, what kind of a bank, what kind of a organization's the, the whole goal is to, like, break you so you're indebted to them forever and ruined, perhaps, for life? It's a mob. Thank you. And Joe Biden is like a mafia don and you know, you've got all these mob people. They're all, you're absolutely right, John. They're all mobsters. Rahm Emanuel, and they, they're all gonna they're all gonna help each other get as much wealth as they possibly can, and then put then they go for all the power. No, you're totally right. The whole thing. Wall Street's a scam. The banks are a scam. But let's follow the logic. So, I agree with you that you know, hey, you can't have capitalism without uh, bankruptcy. So these banks should go bankrupt. What happens then? Because it's so tied. Everything is so tied into it. Every country, state, town, school, churches. They all have debt. I mean, how, how does how does that work? All of a sudden, okay, your house is free, uh, your car is yours. It's, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> no, but, that would be okay. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, uh, but, but that's... Nobody be complaining. Nobody be complaining. But in reality, you know, it, it won't work. I mean... Forgive all debts. Didn't that used to happen? Didn't it, there's a name for it. Wasn't there a... Uh, in almost biblical times, wasn't there a day... Or several times this, this has happened. Ah, I read a story about this where it would be. Uh, for, Can you imagine the economy? Yeah, I know. Can you imagine the economy skyrocketing if you just forgave all debts? Jubilee is that what it was called? Your car? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, Jubilee. Well, that's interesting. It's it's a concept. Yeah, for, it is a concept. Forgive all debts. It'll straighten out the paperwork. Everything will start from zero, and we go back to work. Start spending money because we got all kinds of money now and go crazy and let the economy just crank right back up and you take the whole thing right into, you know, but I the guess, next. I guess I guess the question is, what you know, what do we keep the same government? I mean, the, the government would have would go out of business. It would be why, why would they go out of business? Well, how are they going to if they can't borrow? I mean, they, they have to get their debts. I don't know. It just doesn't sound like it would work, would it? I don't know. Why wouldn't it? I let let the let the listeners decide. But forgive all debts. I think you should have to forgive all debts. A period of jubilee. Well, I don't be. I don't look basically, what they're doing for the bankers is just do it. Just do it. That'll help the bankers too. They won't have any debts either. The year of jubilee is a special year for the remission of sins and universal pardon, where debts are forgiven, slaves and prisoners freed, and the mercies of God would be particularly would be particularly manifest. In the Old Testament book of Leviticus, a jubilee year is to occur every 50 years. That's right. There you go. That actually makes a little sense because of the, you know, the, the economic cycle. Would we be right on? Is it time? Uh, well, it just seems like a good time if you ask me. <laughs> Somebody just sent me. There's a bunch of stuff in the Bible. Somebody just sent me a link. Yeah, Revelation. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be the one to look at. Matthew six twelve is a good one. Oh, isn't isn't Matthew six twelve? Is it the that's what you always see on the sign with the end is near? No, it's usually something else. Hmm. There's a bunch of things people put on signs. I think you should put something really obscure thing on signs, like battery of the new world order. Yeah, well, 
The next T-shirt coming out, which will be next week, is going to say "Cripes" across the front. Oh, what are you just taking? You just taking Dvorak stuff? What happened to Battery of the New World Order? I'm going to do that too, but this is going to be a permanent one. The, 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 the Battery you, and, of the New In fact, New you World. never even say "Cripes" on the show. I, <laughs> I mean, what is I that? That's, I, no, I, I, that's not a good no agenda T-shirt. It's not. It's okay. I'll do the Battery one with the Cripes one. The Battery one I have to do too. Sorry. Just Cripes is a, you know, yeah, but I don't say you're right. Cripes is not a, it's not a no agenda thing. I know, but I think Cripes is, is needed. Yeah, but you, you didn't bring all this right, up at the right, staff right, meeting. Right. We didn't discuss, we didn't, in fact, we need another you know, meeting. We need a bureaucracy around this show. <laughs> <That's correct. coughs> all right, listeners, you clearly are needed here to uh, help us with our t-shirts and our album art and our, um, and our jingles as well, by the way. We need jingles. We need all kinds of stuff. Keep the show yeah, we're going. Gonna, we want to crowdsource. And and two bucks a month. <laughs> right. You cr- <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to the New World Order. Exactly. You know, we'll do all the work and then pay you. <laughs> this, is, this is how it's going to be. Absolutely. I well, love if it. you want to hear this kind of material. So uh, I was thinking about this when I was eating breakfast this morning. I kind of made it, since it's so cold and windy, a kind of an English breakfast. And uh, I was thinking about this because I wanted to talk about linguiça for a minute. Linguiça. Which is a Portuguese sausage made from a a meat that's pickled in wine. It has a very distinctive taste. Linguiça. Of a a certain rotting taste. And... uh, my story. That <laughs> Wait a minute. I, a certain rotting taste? Yeah, it has a certain rotting. Well, I saw good salamis in Europe have the same kind of a rotting character, but this is specifically different. It has a specific rotting, rotten meat taste that is delicious. Mm. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Can I do the ad? <laughs> it's really delicious. I mean, it's like. Smells more rotten than anyone else. But to make it, it's apparently, it's a very sketchy thing to do because it's an old formula that had to do with how you preserve meats and, you know, what you had to let them, you know, you had to let some bacteria take over to keep the meat from actually being toxic. It's, no one ever gets sick from linguisa that I know of. And uh, so I'm in Portugal and I, you know, I having linguisa and making sure that apparently this formula has not changed for hundreds of years. And... Uh, Somebody just sent me a, a, a Skype note. Linguisa not safe to eat, expert says. Yeah, o- Oakland Tribune, is that it? I'm going to look. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it was the Oakland Tribune 2004. Yeah. The, if the audience is Googling just as fast as we are, <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> so, so linguisa not safe to not eat. Safe anyway, to eat. so uh, linguisa is absolutely delicious. Now, there was this guy in uh, San This, by the way, is going to be a real interesting a roundabout way of getting to my point. So there's this guy in San Leandro, and I, I, I recalled, I told this story to these Portuguese over dinner about this guy Santos, who was the linguista specialist in San Leandro, and he made the absolute best linguista. I've been eating it for decades, literally. Mm-hmm. And if I ever have a party, I'd have a bunch of it grilled and whatever. Absolutely phenomenal. But he was doing something that I guess was a violation of some health department thing. And the guys in Portugal say, yeah, there's, you can see that because the way it's made, it's sketchy. 
It's an old, you know, it goes back hundreds of years, and it's just the way it is. But, you know, you can't do this. And this is, by the way, is happening all over the EU. And the Portuguese are very concerned about the EU cracking down on uh, their linguisa. Yeah, it concerns all, all, all kinds of regulation that messes up old tried and true traditions. Right, that things that work. Yeah. So anyway, so the guy shot and killed three health department guys. Oh, no in jail way. For life. Uh, so it's a, it's a new version of going postal. It's going linguisa. So uh, they, you know, these guys thought this was somewhat amusing. Now, um, my concern is that I think I've told this story before, and uh, I'm wondering as we go on because our show is an hour and a half. You have not told this story we have, before. We have these anecdotes, and uh, these anecdotes are largely uh, we, we've told them to our friends if we haven't told them on the show, and I'm worried to death that we're going to start repeating ourselves. Uh, we do from time to time, but uh, or you do from time to time. I mean, me. Yeah, you have retold. It's happened a couple times, but only two, two times, maybe three times out of seventy-two episodes. But this yeah, one, you've not to told. I'm good at this. I'm good. I'm good at this. If, if well, if, you can if, say, you know. Um, I mean, I'm, I just say the same thing over and over again in a different way. But um, your anecdotes. Now, if, if you're launching into an anecdote that we've heard before, I'll just say it. I'll say, dude, we've heard that one. Move on. Yeah, okay. Well, that, that would be useful. Mm -hmm. Because as a columnist who's been doing this forever, uh, you know, you recycle a lot of stuff naturally. You know, I yeah, once in a while... Right. I, I, yeah, you re recycle material you do here on Twit. Yeah, I, I know. And so, uh, I'm sorry? <laughs> this is what I told so you. So you recycle stuff naturally. Yeah. Hold on a second. Some guy wants to know if we're doing this on uh, Skype. Anyway, um... So anyway, the point is, is that, it, but usually when you recycle a material, you either you add something to it, or you can make it more concise, or, or, you, or abstract, or you, it, yeah. or you have a new, you know, a new, new thing take. to add to yeah. the anecdote to prove that you were right, mm -hmm. or whatever. I'm just saying, I, I was concerned about this as I was chewing on a, on of all things, and what which reminded me of the linguista was I was chewing on a Sags, which is a brand out here, S A A G S, traditional British banger. <laughs> for breakfast, mm. and the and I have to say that over over time, the sags uh, they first they came out with a banger a few years ago, and it was just barely a banger. You know, a banger is essentially pork shoulder that is cooked with a lot of breadcrumbs or rusk and marjoram and uh, sage and lots of salt. That's the recipe for a banger, mm. a banger sauce, and it's ground very finely, and it tends to be very mealy, especially in England, where they where you get up to seventy percent of the bangers actually bread, and you have to eat it with brown sauce. Well, not for breakfast, <laughs> but anyway, uh, and it, it, and it's a very mealy, but it's very tasty for some reason. Very tasty, got a lot of fat in it. A very fat and bread. Ugh. Anyway, it's very tasty, and so they they've. They start off, eh, you know, it kind of tastes like a banger, but I was, but now I have to say they've gotten it so close that I'm actually impressed. And I've never, I'm very rarely impressed with these, uh, so supposed bangers. And so that got me thinking about the linguisa, which got me thinking about repeating myself. Well, you'd, uh, you'd be amazed at how shit the, uh, the bangers have become over here. Um, they, from, you know, from time to time, they do these food programs, and people are eating convected flesh, basically convection. You know the the stuff that holds the muscle onto the bone. It's crap. It's all total crap. All the supermarket food. That's why the Brits are dying. They're, they're obese. They're just it's bad, real bad.
Well, how can you make a banger bad? I mean, it's just most. It's just a, just, it's the, a just junk, the ingredients. Sausage anyway. Yeah, but they don't even put they don't even put pork in there anymore. It's just it's just chemicals and crap, you know, and sawdust. God knows, it's it has nothing to do with food. Hmm. Hey, uh, how's Gitmo Nation? Uh, you you claim that you live in the Gitmo Nation. I'm sure you're following your uh, your local issues there with your um, governor Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to fill the 42 billion dollar gap. Uh, last night they almost almost had a vote. You want to know what's going to happen to you? Well, let's see. Well, let me tell Nothing you. Worse than has already happened. Okay, state sales tax will go to eight point twenty five percent. That's a one percent increase. Vehicle license fees up a percent and a half. Uh, Twelve cents additional tax per gallon on gasoline. Reduced dependent care tax credit to one hundred dollars from three hundred dollars, and surcharge on income taxes uh, up to five percent. Yeah. Well, that's one way of doing it. You know, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind them tr- doing all this kind of thing if there was some evidence that they weren't stealing the money. Yeah. Well, they already stole it. Now, now that now it's for you. Now it's for for your roads and just to keep the infrastructure together. But it's all shovel ready, John. It's all ready to go. In 2012, yeah. we'll start shoveling. So Obama's yeah. gonna gonna sign this bill in Denver. Why? Well. Denver is a very interesting place. Denver, um, Denver is, of course, the headquarters of the New World Order. Surely you know that. No. Oh, oh, yeah, it is. Nor- Northern Command is in Denver. Um, CIA's headquarters, uh, not headquarters, but their operations center is in... Uh, Who? The CIA's operations center. Since when? Uh, hold on, I can look it up. Uh, I thought it was in Langley. I thought everything was in Langley. No, no. It's the, the real operations center is, has moved. Northern Command is out there. And, of course, the airport is, uh, you know, there's all kinds of underground bunkers and shit out at uh, Denver International. So you think that's why they moved that airport out into yep. the middle of nowhere? Oh, well, dude, there's, if you that want... That has got to be the most dangerous airport. One time we were coming in, and I did, a plane almost flipped over. Really? There's crosswinds that are just horrible there. It's just the worst place to land. Well, there's also all kinds of areas that you can that are you're forbidden to go. And when they were building it, people were getting sick. And you know, there's like some kind of electromagnetic stuff. No, there's a lot of radiation in, in yeah, Colorado too, yeah. which is a problem. One of, and there's also all kinds of. I mean, it's like there's a mining state. There's all kinds of weird mines for all kinds of weird pro, you know minerals. The other thing is that I find weird about that crappy airport, which is a, a really just a junker. Uh, with and it, the first time I went to it when they first opened it, I noticed there's bottlenecks. So if there was a panic in the airport or someplace, there's a, there's two or three pinch points where if they wanted to stop you from leaving, they could very easily. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing is which what's what's kind of I think just sick is that they had if you wanted to go in and pick somebody up at that airport, you can you have to go through the parking system. In other words, you have to get a ticket to even get there. In other words, because there's armed gate, uh, armed guard gates before yeah, uh-huh. you go into the airport, but they're m- about a mile and a half to two miles away from the airport itself. Yeah, and you have like 15 minutes free on the ticket, and so you get your ticket, and you got to go. If you don't pick the guy up within five minutes, you'll never get back out without having to pay a couple of bucks just to get out of there. 
But the fact that they have this thing cordoned off completely so they can just cut it off because the access, there's only one access road. It's this road that goes just you drive forever and you get out to this airport. Then you have to hit the guard gate, which is the, uh, you know, for parking, as it were, which could obviously be converted to, you know, just armed guards. And then uh, you go in and you have to run in there and grab your person and get out of there as fast as you can. Otherwise, you have to pay five bucks. So it's just it's a horrible so, place. 2005, the CIA relocated the headquarters of its domestic division responsible for operations and recruitment in the United States from Langley headquarters to Denver. And the FBI has based much of its international and domestic counterterrorism forces there as well. So this this is huh. this is the New World Order Command Center. But when you when you read a little bit about maybe the, maybe these guys just like to ski, <laughs> yeah, that could be. But they've got this whole underground building complex and you know underground trains and they they built a runway that they then covered up. <laughs> so they built a whole runway then covered it all up again. And this is you know like documented. But that they were building that thing for how long? Was it like ten fifteen years? It took them to build it. it was forever it seemed. And it cost four billion dollars. So I got some uh, some links here. When somebody says Northern Commands in Colorado Springs, which is nearby, yep, and uh, that's where it says officials have blocked access to on the at the Denver airport. Officials have blocked access to content they deem provocative on the airport's free Wi-Fi service. Yep, and if you look at the murals, they're really freaky. They've got like these. Kind of Hitler-esque figures, and there's a Masonic time capsule in the airport, which is, hmm. is yeah, with the, yeah, it has the whole Freemason thing. They put it there March 19th, 1994, to be opened in 2094. And the other thing that's weird about that airport is of all the airports that have ever been built, they, they build these new airports outside of town is the newest thing to do. And uh, with with... The only this is the only time they took the old airport, which was Stapleton, I think was the name of it. Yeah. And as soon as the other airport went into service, they took a bunch of jackhammers and jackhammered up all the uh, runways, mm-hmm. so it couldn't be ever used again under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. Now they didn't do that with Midway in Chicago. They didn't do that with Love Field in Dallas. Well, they didn't no, do it no, with no, Mid- Mid- International. No, not true. Midway, they they did destroy the runway. But they didn't. They didn't jackhammer the whole thing up. They just put uh, jackhammered um, trenches on it, so you can't land. You can land at Midway. That's where Southwest goes. What was? What's the one they closed then? Wasn't that Midway? Oh, I'm sorry. It was the the other one, uh, the island there. I'm confused. I have no idea. Get get no, that Midway. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Of course, you know when you send files over the Skype yeah, while we're. Uh, nah, it's not that bad. So this is a. Um, this is a mural, and I've looked at this. I've been through DIA. This is where times. is this mural? This is in Denver International Airport. It's like a dead a child, dead girl. Yeah, in a, and she's in a coffin, a dead girl in a coffin, and she has a star of David and the Bible in her hand. It's freaky, man. And there's another. Where one. is that in the airport? It's uh, these huge murals. I mean, do you not look at your surroundings? I, yeah, no, I take pictures in airports. I like to. I you can't know, like believe to... that you've never seen. Look at this one. This is the one that freaked. Because I remember seeing this. I remember I was with Bloom. His brother lives out in uh, in Denver. And I'm like, dude, what is this? Hold on. Look at that one. This is. Uh... It's Meg's Field that's closed. Where's Meg's Field? 
I think that's uh, near the marina or something. Yeah. Dead babies and Commander Skeletor. <laughs> and so you saw these things because they yeah, may have been maybe yeah. the terminal I was at. I, didn't, I, I only gone to the United Terminal. Mm. What the hell is this one? Yeah, I know, isn't it crazy? That's and it's like a kind of like a Nazi guy with a death mask and a machine Big gun. Big sword and a machine and, gun. And the AK-47. sword is, is is pricking the dove. It like looks like the sword is on the like the dove is pierced. Yeah, it's freaky. What terminal is this in? Um, let me see if I can find. I think you know. It, the only Denver airport I I didn't remember like terminal, but it's just you know I remember walking forever, huge huge tent structure building. Well, that's the United has got the tents. I think it's all it's pretty much all tents. Uh, it doesn't say where they're from, no, but they're now uh, I'm gonna have to take a connection through Denver and look around some more. So there's all kinds of. Crazy stuff going on out there, and just as you say, you know the fact that you, you the checkpoint is a mile away from the airport, and yeah, it's for parking, but we all know it's really a checkpoint. I mean, I'm sure they check you at that point. You know, not just pay your parking, but show me your something, your papers. Yeah, your paperwork. No papers. Yes. So you must see your papers. <laughs> Auschwitz beta. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, it's. Uh... So I, I'm uh, I'm kind of thinking that uh, Colorado, Denver in particular, Denver International Airport, that seems pretty important. That's an interesting theory. This art kind of uh, has, uh, it will have to make me rethink the possibility because this is pretty sick stuff. Yeah, there's a couple other ones. I'll uh, I'll send you some links. But the um, the Masonic time capsule is always a, a good giveaway that there's New World Order afoot. And uh, so there's another, there's a girl holding a Mayan tablet. And someone looking at a burning city. There's another coffin picture with an African-American or African girl laying in a coffin. I remember seeing these and thinking, wow, I thought it was like a temporary expo. Um, on that picture of the, the Nazi guy. Yeah, there's a child in a uh, and she's holding. Can you see that? There's a little child. Yeah, she's holding a little. uh, She's holding a doll. Right, but there's also a note next to her. And if you zoom in, you can't on that picture. It's uh, a note from Herma Hirschenberg, who was 14 years old, who died December 18th, 1943, in Auschwitz. And it's like a little thing she wrote, which is is horrible. Hmm. Funky, huh? Yeah. So anyway, that's where our president's going to be, safe and sound. And uh, that's where he's going to sign the bill. Well, that would be interesting if they tried to move the the, uh, government to Denver. For national security reasons, of course. Yeah, because it's hard, you know, you can't do much. I mean, you know, they're probably, you know, the, the, the... Attacks that take place by Al-Qaeda are in an eight-year cycle, and uh, at least, you know, short-term it appears to be. And so we should have another one this year. Mm. You know, at the end of the year, should be some crazy thing that happens. And well, so that, I think that, Yeah, that would be a perfect reason to 
Well, push, push stay, spend more time further. in Denver. Yeah, and push the agenda a little bit further. Sure. Well, we need but some kind he, of shock. But what's he? What is he? <laughs> what is he? What is the reason for going to Denver in the first place? Well, this is uh, a good question. Well, let's see. Um, you know, on that on the stimulus bill, and we're going to wrap it up pretty soon. Just one more thing, and and I I still can't believe that journalists haven't called out the administration on this. Uh, the president, uh, let me see um, when, if there's a reason. I'm just looking at whitehouse.gov. Let me see the agenda. Doesn't he usually, isn't there a, a thing that, don't they somewhere tell you what he's doing? Isn't there the, the president's uh, diary or something? Uh, probably diary. President's Barack's diary. .gov. We're waiting for recovery.gov to come online. But, of course, I guess he has to sign it first. But on the um, on the weekly address, which I uh, I appreciate the fact that they're still doing that, he again says the stimulus package will save or create three million jobs. I mean, can someone please just call him on this? Can any journalist anywhere please just say what does that mean exactly? Save or create? It, it, if saving jobs is one thing, but is it now? Is it saving them or creating them? Is it three million or is it six million? And when the saving doesn't mean anything, we you know it's just a bunch of BS. By the way, uh, uh, but why? When, but he, but John, this this is incredibly well, I, irritating. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to read you this little thing that's that one of my guys sent me. You know, if my wife did that to me, yeah, 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 I'd bitch slap her. I'm giving you some. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving great, you some fine. leniency. Yeah. Now, I just want to read this before we get off topic, uh, which is happening as we speak. According to at least this note, White House Press Secretary Robert Gibbs said on CBS News Face the Nation this morning about Denver. Yeah. It's. As good a place as any to sign the measure into law. <laughs> good as place as any. Nothing special going on here. <laughs> Just an airport. I find I'd like to get somebody to confirm this because I find it hard to believe, A, that this guy would say that, and B, that the Face the Nation person didn't follow up with, what do you mean by that? Is this guy just going to float around like a like an itinerant bum and just sign bills wherever he feels like it, like a like a whore sleeping around? I mean, give me a break. Well, let's look at the, uh, the press briefings. Uh, when was this? What press briefing was it? This supposedly was on CBS's News Face the oh, Nation this, this, oh, this morning. morning. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure. Is he is he going to Denver to visit some some business or something? Like he he went to Illinois to go to Caterpillar, but that that was kind of campaign. He seems to be for floating the, around way too much. I think he's afraid to stay in Washington. I think. Do they just, know something we don't know? Mm, mm, I can hear people skyping you now. They're totally into it now. They're like, oh yeah, we've got a direct line to inject some stuff into John. Yeah, well. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, there it is. Here's a story. Here's a story in the swamp. Tribune, Washington's bureau, Chicago Tribune. Obama, Denver signing, good as any. Big, <laughs> big front page, or not front page, front page on this blog, by Mark Silva. 
President Barack Obama will find to Denver, fly to Denver, the place where he accepted the Democratic Party nomination. Maybe it's symbolic. Oh, to sign the new American Recovery and Investment Act into law on Tuesday. It's as good a place as any. Blah, blah, blah. Watch for a lot of Obama's biggest initiatives in the war recession to carry data outside of Washington. Huh. And this one is big. What's the point? There's no real analysis here. We have This has got to be one of our points of, uh, of uh, research. Well, I think we'll just have to, to to wait and see. I mean, I uh, I didn't quite make my long bet of February fourteenth of the market being seventy two eighty six. I came pretty close. You know, only uh, we only need two more days of three hundred point drop, and uh, I would have been there. So I lost a hundred bucks to Bloom, but uh, I'm glad I'm not right because that would, we'd be in a much worse place. But I believe when this bill is signed. Um, yeah, the market is already showing the futures are already down 200 points on the Dow. The, the market's not seeing it. It's just uh, something has to happen. We need some kind of event. I, I believe that they're looking for some kind of event. Something has to take place to, to, move, to move stuff forward so they can cover other stuff up. And that's what they're pretty good at. Well, this Denver thing is disconcerting. Okay, so we'll put that in. Uh, write that down. Let's make that I a, did. Uh, Already a, did. a research uh, item. What else do we have? I mean, i got a couple other things. I can just run through them quick, see if anything strikes your fancy. You know, I'm looking at this picture that's in this thing. I'll send you the link. Yeah. I have to, You have to look at this now. I mean, I'm sorry. All right, go ahead. Send it to me. We'll be on the air forever here if I'm not. <laughs> we don't. Trouble is, always at the end of the show, we get... Uh, we, well, we only talk for about an hour after the show as well. I mean, it's not like we're ending this yeah, by we're choice. Gonna... We're ending because everyone starts yelling at us otherwise. Uh, where's your message box? I can't listen to two shows that are an hour and a half long every week. I don't have no, the time. No, actually, the people that really appreciate this show are the ones that have three-hour commutes. Of I course. mean, there are people out there that have these ridiculously long commutes, and they need some, you know, continuous something that keeps them from falling asleep at the wheel. Yeah. I think we do that job. And there'll be lots of people who will, won't have a job. And they'll have plenty well, of time to listen to us. Yeah, we, that's probably going to hurt our listenership. But anyway, look at this picture of Obama. Not. Okay. I hope that I hope it won't hurt our listeners. Why would this that hurt our listenership? This is a picture of Obama that, well, who knows. There's a picture of Obama in the, uh, the, the swamp. The, he's which at, is he's at the CVS. He's at the pharmacy. No, he's actually going into a restaurant, they say. Next but to the t- CVS? Take a look at, his, take <laughs> a look at Obama's profile. Look at the size of his butt. He, wow. His ass is No, no, wait. Oh, well, yeah, his ass is big. This is the other Obama. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is it, or maybe he's wearing a a butt a butt flak jacket? <laughs> <laughs> this just doesn't. I mean, this is not it, a. Is, uh, but is that? It could also this makes no sense because this guy's wow. in the ultimate shape for a president. That he would look have this profile. I mean, this does not look right. You got to be careful. It, this because looks like a big fat Obama. Yeah, but there's a guy behind him, so you got to kind of make sure you don't. Well, yeah, but that maybe it's just an unfortunate fitting pantalon. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> we give him it's, the benefit of the it's doubt. It's the other this... Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. it and it so says also, sense. President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama dined at Table 52 in Chicago for Valentine's Day last night. They returned to Washington on Monday. Where's Where's Michelle? I don't see her. She's in his trousers. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's That's so huge. That's where she is. Okay, that <laughs> now hiding it makes in sense. there. Now She's it makes hiding sense. in there. Well, hold on a second. I have another Obama picture. Wait a minute. Oh, good. We can check something here. When was this picture taken? 
This was taken last night or on Valentine's night. Yeah. Wait, last a, minute, night, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Valent. This was okay because I have a picture. This was the restaurant where they had their their private Valentine's dinner. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. I have a different angle. You want to call it private? Yeah. Nice plug for CVS Pharmacy. Yeah. Hell yeah. What kind of restaurant is located next to a CVS? Is that like a Kentucky Fried Chicken or Arby's or? I think Table Fifty Two is a fancy place. I haven't eaten there. And it's uh, apparently it's Oprah's um, Oprah's chef who cooks everything for her. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, I got a picture from the other side. Huh. Hmm. Can't quite see his ass. Here, I'll send you the link. I'm gonna post all of these links. By the way, I have I've I've been uh, I have a system now, so that you guys can go and look at all that stuff uh, right after we end, after you listen to the stream or whenever, whenever you hear the show. See, there you can't see his ass. But uh, Michelle does have a doggy bag. That's kind of cute. They took food back from the restaurant. Is the leader of the free world. And then, and, he's, and Michelle, that's a doggy bag, isn't it? Just like you, John. Okay, it has to be. I mean, of course, it's a pretty big one. Yeah. It must have over-ordered. So uh, <laughs> get another. We'd like some, uh, some catfish to go. Okay. Then we have... Um, yeah, so just one quick thing on the uh, executive pay at these banks. You know, so so now the whole – everyone's kind of backpedaling and some legislation has been taken out. And now, you know, they're putting in all – there's all kinds of warrants and stuff that still can be done. So it's not like these guys are going to really be hurting by, uh, by the bonuses not being paid out. But if the argument to change that – to kind of backpedal on that regulation is that you can't attract – the right talent to get us out of this situation. What should, shouldn't we be paying our lawmakers bonuses and, and billions of dollars and let them do stuff right? I mean, don't we have, like, subpar talent, if that's really true? We have these idiots running the country? That's an interesting argument. You know, no one ever says that, but it's like, oh, well, for banking, we need the smartest people. They have to make $20 million a year. But, yeah, these uh, guys are so smart, how come they're all broke? Yeah. I mean, they're not personally broke. Oh, they're they're smart at at at, at feathering their own nest. So I was looking into jet travel because I kind of got interested when I heard about uh, Nancy Pelosi that she has a seven sixty seven flyer back and forth to uh, to San Francisco. I think once a week. Yeah, you know, that's not a cheap plane. I wonder to fly. if you can get a ride on that thing. I'm, well, I'm, it's two hundred seater, so yeah, I'm sure she's taking all kinds of people. But yeah, well, she does. I'm sure she doesn't take 200. Maybe I should, I should uh, cozy up to Nancy Pelosi's office and see if I can get a free ride back and forth. Well, here's here's the system in Washington. Uh, you are allowed to fly uh, on a private aircraft uh, paid for by a, uh, a company, as long or a lobbyist for that matter, if there's a difference, as long as um, you pay a first class fare. So, who do you think uh, did that 23 times? When he was senator. Who? Obama. 23 different times he took lobbyist aircraft. Hmm, I thought he was like against lobbyists. And it was funny because somewhere I have a, a YouTube clip. Uh, if I could find that, that would be really cool. I thought I saved it. It was. Uh, give, what? I wonder if the, the lobbyists give you a frequent flyer mile. <laughs> they probably do. <laughs> Uh, I can't find it. That's too bad. There was a, it was a, a piece from, uh, the debates. And so there's all the democratic nominees on stage. <clears throat> and then the moderator, maybe it was, was it Sam Donaldson? I think maybe 
said, uh, <clears throat> who of you came here by private jet? And so everyone raises their hand except one guy who actually did take the train. And then Obama, who kind of like puts his hand up and then puts it down like a schoolboy who doesn't really want to, you know, say yes. And they said, well, uh, not today, yesterday. <laughs> He's so phony. <laughs> I can't find it. I'll have to look for the, it's. Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. This is funny. I got it. Uh, it'll be worth it. It's really short. What is it like? Uh, uh, Hall, so, let, let me just ask a question to everyone on this stage. And I know we said we wouldn't do a lot of show of hands. It's probably the only one we'll do tonight. How many people here took a private jet or a chartered jet to get here tonight? Uh, Obama's hand goes up and down. And up and You're down. You're not sure? <laughs> Yesterday. Yesterday. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what a tool. What was, was that? I, I wasn't sure what the question was. A private jet today? No, I didn't take a private jet today. Well, yesterday I took a private jet. That's Obama. That's so funny. What, what was that again? That was, what's, uh, what's his name? Anderson. Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper, yeah. During but when the, was that? Um, this is the 23rd of July, 2007. So it was Democratic debate. Mm, or something. It was the big televised Democratic debate. One of them. One of the big ones. So maybe it was the YouTubed one. <laughs> A lot of them were YouTube. Um, okay. One more. United Nations, who, of course, are garnering some strength here and there. Here and there. Um, there's a treaty that has not been ratified in the United States, but it is kind of waiting to be ratified. And this is a treaty that could prohibit children from being spanked or homeschooled and uh, essentially take all power away from parents. And, uh, well, here it is. Parents would no longer Ooh, that's be... that's a good one. Yeah, it's um, the CRC is what it's called. Madeleine Albright uh, signed it February 16th, 1995, but the Senate did not ratify it, so there's rumblings that it's going to happen. So here's a couple of highlights. Parents would no longer be able to administer reasonable spankings. Children would have the ability to choose their own religion, while parents would only have the authority to give their children advice about religion. Um, the best interest of the child principle would give the government the ability to override every decision made by every parent. If a government worker disagrees with the parent's decision a child has a right to be heard allow him or her to seek governmental review of every parental decision with which the child disagrees <laughs> can you imagine some of these kids who who like to take advantage of their parents already oh, man that's fantastic i'm sorry mom but i think that's up for arbitration uh, <laughs> let me call my lawyer the u.n convention on the rights of the child the crc is what it's called it's interesting. There's a lot of UN stuff that is bubbling. Oh, and and uh, I can't even believe our favorite topic all over the news today. They're giving it one more go because it's very important to you know. You have to understand that now, the pace of climate change is exceeding all estimates. Brand new. It's all over the news. <laughs> How does that work? Christopher Field, founding director of the Carnegie Institution's Department of Global Ecology at Stanford University, says we are basically looking now at a future climate that's beyond anything we've considered seriously in climate model simulations. Huh? Huh. Yeah. So it's uh, another, uh, of course, he's a member of the IPCC. 
Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, the BBC was all over this, of course. So he probably has, yeah, the BBC. So he probably has some vested interest of some sort. Well, yeah, it's, it's, in some IPCC company is, it's United Nations again. It's all United yeah, Nations. Yeah, no, the IPCC is bad. Yeah. And 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 there's thousands of scientists who are saying, "Hey, wait a minute, we don't agree," but they're just being ignored. It's you know, it's a political thing. It's like, oh no. And of course, if you disagree with climate change, you get hate mail, and probably worse. I think it's weird that you'd get hate mail for disagreeing with climate. The, the man-made climate change is the issue. Um, it's just not like you know. It's almost as though it's like the Macintosh versus the PC. You, know, you could criticize the Macintosh and you get hate. You criticize the PC, nobody cares. It's it's like it's like there's something wrong with the brains of the people who are that take this stuff so personally. Ah, uh, well, this brings us to the century of the self, which I think you recommended to me. Yes, you should look at that again because that's exactly what's going on here. It's totally- well, somebody sent us an email uh, discussing the, the the brainwashing techniques of the hypnotist. Right. Did and, you get that? Yeah, and the, he, he, he's a hypnotic analyst or whatever, and he said the one well, way— He's actually a professional hypnotist, stage hypnotist. Oh, let's look at it. I'll find the email right now. But he said that the way—I love that email. Hold on. Hip. Come on, Gmail. Do it for me. I'm just going to Google hypnosis. Let's see if it works. Did he use that word in the email? Uh, yes. Yeah, God, yeah I, he did. God, I love it. Okay. I'm a trained practicing hypnotist. Uh-huh. Your conscious mind is a sort of gatekeeper. I was already gone by the second paragraph. I'm like, yes, you have control of me. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, hypnosis can be. Uh, hypno- hypnosis moves that conscious part or the gatekeeper out of the way. Stop rumbling, rummaging with your papers, John. It's noisy. So oh, sorry. You, okay, so hypnosis moves that conscious part, the gatekeeper, out of the way so you can place suggestions into the unconscious mind. Hypnosis can be induced through boredom, confusion, and shock. Confusion seems to be a favorite for Obama. A simple example is the office of the president-elect signs that were placed on his podium. There's no such office, so when you see the sign, your conscious mind goes into overdrive trying to figure it out, first questioning the office and then reconciling the hubris. While your conscious mind is busy with all that, they are slipping one past the goalie, which I did last night to Patricia. She kind of liked it. So what I'm doing now is letting that confusion be an indicator for me. When I feel it, I interrupt that natural tendency. So then he goes on to say some more interesting things. He says, I never, ever listen to the music they play prior to press conferences because it shows that uh, uh, your brain goes into a certain state. And uh, although it really wouldn't hypnotize you, it makes you ready to be hypnotized. But this is, this is of course, this is the same thing Goebbels was on to, John. This, this is nothing new. So, yeah, it is the same thing, the Mac, Apple, fanboy, um, well, in that case, it's kind of protectionism, but it turns into almost hatred and cultism. I think it is the same thing. It's what they've used, it's, what, it's the same thing, the same Obama phenomenon, same thing. Yeah, yeah, the Obama thing, the, uh, the uh, man-made global warming um, uh, Macintosh, um, there's a bunch of these things. They're actually kind of frightening. So how do we take advantage of that and how do we use that system to get our $2 subscriptions at Divorce.org? Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
All right. Yes, I, I would. Uh, I would call that the uh, the moment to cue the tune. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's got to be some way. We'll work on that in the weeks ahead. Yes, we we will. Uh, that was from uh, Eric Blazinski, by the way, our uh, official hypnotist of uh, No Agenda. Well, maybe he can help us. Maybe he can uh, give us some pointers on how to do this. Yeah, we could use a cult. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be cool if we were as beloved as the <laughs> MacBook Pro? <laughs> uh, a, a girl can dream, can't she, John? All right. So we're getting our storm coming back. and So yeah. how long was that? Uh, 134. Perfect. Uh, we never can just really shut up by... Uh, like one hour, which uh, I think we'd both like it to be one hour for consumption purposes, but it's impossible, so we just have to keep going. And we'll talk for another 45 minutes after we stop recording. Right? We can, Yeah, we can make that a premium channel. <laughs> <laughs> On Sirius Satellite. Hey, they're saying Howard Stern's going to start podcasting. Yeah, great. I don't, yeah, exactly. I mean, just he's not relevant anymore. Except if what I suggested is he should go all conspiracy all the time. Well, then he'd be taking us on. I don't want that. I think you have to have a certain mentality to go in the direction that you in particular are in. Oh, the, yeah. The, oh, the oh please, mister. That's the other Obama. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm just saying. There's something, I'm still suspicious about these things. I mean, I watch the movies. Okay, so here's what I'd like uh, audience members to do. Thank you, by the way, for participating in the chat. Lots of helpful info coming through. Um, drop all relevant information at drop.io slash daily source code. I'm going to have to change that one pretty soon because we use it more for no agenda than anything. Uh, drop.io slash daily source code. And uh, so we're looking in particular into research surrounding uh, Denver. What else did we have? What else do we want to look at, look into? Uh, hi, uh, okay. Hypnosis. Well, Denver hypnosis, the two Obamas. Um, the two Obamas. It's like a it's like a sitcom. Brzezinski. I like this rights of children thing. You know, they're always trying to take. You know, like in Berkeley and in California in particular, it's illegal to homeschool. They make it very difficult. Yeah, that's we, outrageous, isn't it? We we well, they can't give the kids the propaganda that they need, uh-huh. and. Um, so we we, right. we actually homeschooled our daughter, but we did it through Washington State. Yeah, and um, I pledge allegiance to Obama. And uh, anyway, okay, I think we're done. All right. Uh, anyway, so that was the plug. Anything? Oh, and uh, yeah, uh, go to uh, dvorak dot org slash na and give our form a try. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation East and Southwest London in the Curry Terrace. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak here in northern Silicon Valley, part of California. Gitmo Nation West in that regard, but the Gitmo Nation in the so far as the big picture is concerned. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda.